Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> Being outside, you know, get outside and play. You know, whether you're an adult, whether you're a kid, get outside and play. It's good for your mentality. Playing a game of catch for 15, 20 minutes, whatever you can do. Absolutely. On, on, on a beautiful night, on a crisp fall day, it just changes your world. Uh, so. What's up, Dad Crew? Ed here. And on this episode, part two of my conversation with Mark of This Old Glove, we get into the proper way of cleaning and maintaining a glove as well as how to properly break down a brand new glove. I don't even want to keep you guys. Let's just get into it. And without further ado, I'll give you the episode. Using that glove and playing catch with it. Uh, and I also customized a glove for her as well because you know, she was telling me a story how her son uh, just started playing uh, Little League this year and just every night, can we play catch, can we play catch? And she didn't have her own glove. I said, I'm, I'm making a glove for you. You know, So I had some old gloves around here, which uh, didn't have any sentimental value. I said, I'm going to make a glove for you. I'm going to fix one up. That way you and your son can play. So oh. uh, that was that just you know, it was something that was my pleasure to do because I, I wanted to see that next generation, you know, the eight-year-old, the mom and grandpa all playing catch together. And uh, they sent me some beautiful pictures of that. And it was all well worth it for that right there. Listen, so. you can't make me cry on my own podcast, man. Come on now. <laughs> That's awesome. Baseball, hey, hey, I don't care what you say, Tom Hanks. Baseball will make you cry, okay? Yeah, it sure can. It sure can. And it's it, it reminds me, it's like, you know, I, when, you know, I, I bought my daughter her glove and everything and, I love it. And you know, we, we recorded just because I wanted to keep it for as a, you know, keepsake and, you know, of me playing catch with, you know, my daughter. And it's like, there's nothing better in the world. That feeling that you get when you're playing catch with your own kid. It's just, it's just pure magic. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I've got three children myself. My, uh, my oldest son, uh, he does not live at home anymore. He's about five hours away. So our days of playing, you know, nightly catch, daily catch, those are a little bit behind us. But when we get together, uh, we will get the gloves out. Uh, my daughter is also, she's off to college. She did play softball and she uh, enjoyed playing catch with us. My youngest son, this is going to be the one that's going to hurt. Uh, me and him try to have a regular game of catch and he'll be leaving for college in about two weeks from now. So the days of that, but for my wife's birthday, which was back in July, I customized her a glove and I said, you're going to learn to play catch. So, <laughs> there you go. 
So this is so this summer uh, I've taken her up to uh, the baseball fields. Our, our high school is right next door to my house, so we've been walking over there a couple uh, nights here and there, and I've been t- teaching her uh, to to throw the ball and put some zip into it. And she does a great job catching the ball. She's still got to work on a little upper arm strength and they learn to rock back and forth and get that right motion. But she's doing great with it. So she's going to be my uh, new partner for catch while the kids are gone and off on their next adventures in life. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah. I, I, could, I couldn't possibly not have that part of my life. So Yeah, my wife, we play catch. You know, she she has her own glove. We play catch together. So, I mean, I'm with you there. It, I, that's, you know, it's 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 making that bond even stronger. Absolutely, yep. Uh, and and what, then, uh, then go just ahead. going back to the other glove you had, we were, again, we were talking about that before we went on the air. So that Draper and Maynard. So um, that one right there, uh, the one with the black wrist on band on it. Yeah. That one right there is the one that gave me just a little challenge because you sent that to me with absolutely no padding in there whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was just nothing but a leather shell. Of that, a glove. Yeah. All I said to you was the shell. There was nothing to this. Yes. And uh, usually when I get gloves, it always has the original padding in there, or maybe it's just a little damaged and I just need to fix a few things up. Maybe I need to fluff up what's inside there a little bit to make sure the thumb, the fingers feel good. That one had nothing. And very rarely do I have come across where I have to put the new padding in the glove now, what was in those original 1930s gloves, it's kind of like the same material that's inside a baseball. It's that twine that's all wrapped wool, all tightly wrapped up. Well, you can't just go to a craft store and get that anymore. I don't have that laying around the house. So I really had to think, how am I going to make this right for Ed? How am I going to make this glove just right? So the first thing I thought is, all right, we need something soft to cushion the blow to make sure it doesn't hurt his hand. I got some memory foam here at home. Let's put some memory foam in there. So cut it to the right size, put it in there, went outside. You know, I didn't lace it up completely. I took it outside to play catch. Memory phone is too springy. So the, the idea, when the ball hit that, it bounced right out. Didn't feel it in your hand at all, but it didn't form. And the, like I said, the ball popped right out. I said, okay, that's no good. So what can we try next year? So uh, the next thing I, I tried is uh, I had some uh, foam that goes in like couch cushions and things like that. I said, all right, let me shave that down. Let me cut that. Uh, maybe the foam that I had was just a little bit too time worn and everything like that, because after throwing it a couple of times, it kind of separated and it didn't really crumble. Uh, but it, you could definitely feel the sting in your hands. I was like, all yeah. right, well, that's not good either. So now what are we going to do? So I said, all right, now I got to come up with a better idea. So it's a mitt. It's, you know, it's a baseball glove. It's a mitt. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to steal one of my wife's oven mitts. I cut it to size so it wasn't so long. And inside the oven mitt, I, I put some carpet padding, you know, about uh, a uh, half inch thick, cut that to, to the same size as the oven mitt, sewed the oven mitt back up, put that inside there. And so you've got a mitt inside a mitt, which <laughs> the sound now, I now, now I did replace my wife's oven mitts, right? So, you know, I, I remember I just told you it was her birthday not too long ago. So she got some nice new oven mitts for her birthday. All right. So. <laughs> But, and they needed replacing anyway. So, you know, you, you can't keep those things forever. So True. Got a nice fire engine red, uh, actually kind of, it's got some burn marks from the pizza and things like that. We took out there. I but, love it. I love so it. So I can actually use this to, you know, go in the oven and grab the rest of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure. So that's what's inside your glove. You've got an oven mitt with padding inside there. Uh, and when you did your teaser video on YouTube to say, Hey, listen to this, listen to this. I closed my eyes and I, I, I played that over and over. I was like, that's exactly how it's supposed to. I mean, you got that professional microphone in front of you there. You did. I was like, 
that's the pop. That's the noise. That's exactly what that should have sounded like 70 years ago when that glove was 80 years ago. It's from 1941. That's 81 years old. So that's exactly the noise it should have made. And again, when I took it outside to, you know, to test it a few times, I'm like, that's it. You know, so again, there's always challenges and, and different plans. And I had no idea if, if that oven mitt didn't work. I was like, all right, I, I don't, I'm going to have to go buy a, an old 81 year old glove, take the padding out and put it in his because it's just not working. But uh, like I said, the oven mitt with uh, some carpet padding in there seemed to be the magic solution uh, to get That's your, amazing. That is amazing. Be. It's unique and I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, so do you go like to like, you know, to antique places? Do you, you go to garage sales to find gloves? How, how do you do that? Uh, garage sales are hard to come, uh, hard to, you know, find good gloves and everything like that. Uh, if someone does list baseball stuff there, it's usually stuff within the last 10, 15 years, every yeah, now and then you find something on the older side. Uh, so a lot of times I will find the gloves I'm looking for, uh, at thrift stores. Um, and I'm, I'm not one to spend a lot of time in thrift stores. Now, if I'm with my wife, she's got to look at all the shoes and all the other good fun things that, you know, that she can find a good bargain on for herself or her daughter. Uh, but uh, me, I, I, I literally say I got 10 minutes to win it. So I go to the sporting goods section. I look if there's, you know, something there, I'll, I'll find something like that there. Uh, but I'm also in a buying group, uh, kind of a trading group uh, yeah. with about a dozen other guys. Uh, we, we keep a list of our inventory, if you will, of what we have, um, you know, who's got what. And every now and then someone will reach out and say, hey, I'm I'm looking for, you know, any, you know, Chicago Cubs players. I'm looking for a George Brett model. I'm looking for anything, you know, Red Sox related. And you can chime in and say, yeah, I've got this. And we'll trade things back and forth. Sometimes, you know, we'll just say, hey, willing to pay, you know, up to $20 or whatever, whatever the, you know, the fair value is for that glove or anything like that there. So I am in a trading group with some other guys. And every now and then I will trade, just like trading baseball cards. I'll, you know, trade if I you know, think it's a fair, you know, shake and everything like that. And we've got all got a good relationship. So a lot of the gloves will come from uh, that relationship that I build. Um, but a, a lot of them will come from um, church sales. The rummage sales that the churches have seems yeah. to be where I really find some good things. Um, so I, I try to look for churches that are in older neighborhoods uh, that maybe have a little bit older population that might've donated the goods and services there. Uh, and you know, they tend to have more vintage items, you know, than maybe some more modern newer neighborhoods, uh, where again, what they donate maybe might not be, you know, vintage mm -hmm. age, everything like that. So I seem to have a lot of luck with that. Um, I very rarely buy anything off of eBay just because, I'm super picky about what I'm looking for. And sometimes the descriptions on eBay and the pictures, people do a great job. If you're an eBay seller, you know, I applaud you. Uh, but sometimes it's just a very simple one sentence, you know, 1950 vintage baseball glove, you know, see pictures. And they got four pictures. And I can't tell enough by that, that I'd want to make a buying decision off of that. True. So I need, I need to put the glove on my hand. I need to see it. I need to make the decision myself or in that trading group, you know, obviously they have a, a very meticulous eye like I do. And I'm, you know, you're not afraid to ask questions with them either saying, Hey, can you show me some more pictures? Does it have any writing anywhere? Does it have, you know, anything that I need to know? And, you know, they'll be more than happy to, you know, send you everything that they've got uh, right. to do like that there. So that's a, that's my main source for finding them. As I said, the thrift stores and uh, some good church rummage sales and, and, and uh, also supports a good uh, cause with that too, because any of the money, you know, that you buy at a church sale, it goes to help there and what their needs are, and then uh, can't help but buying some cookies, donuts, coffee, all that can't good help stuff. It. The baked goods that they always have there too. So, you know. <laughs> they And nothing wrong with that, my friend. No, absolutely uh, not. I'm a sucker for some good good food, a good food. Um, 
So usually the process is a couple of days per glove to oil it, to re, you know, reseal it and all the laces and all that. That usually takes you a couple of days. Yeah. So the very first process, when you get into glove, obviously I got to inspect it. And like I said, I go over it with a fine tooth cone. Uh, I, I get out my magnifying glass to look to, to see, you know, you know, if the, what I'm looking for, for serial numbers, for model numbers, for endorsements, all that good stuff. Then a very, very gentle cleaning because some of these gloves, again, 80 years old or so, you can't be harsh with them. You got to, you got to baby them first. You know, So a nice gentle cleaning. And then it takes about a day or two to dry. And then I start getting into uh, the lacing process uh, that goes first. So you condition the laces uh, once the laces are in, then I start doing the ink process. So if I like in the, those two gloves there, uh, once I find where all of the markings are in the gloves, you know, you got to, not the best light, but yeah, you got to get all those nice markings, the model number, all of that right there that gets inked, that get, has to dry usually overnight. And then the next part of the process is uh, conditioning. And uh, it's not uh, just a, any type of leather conditioner. There's a special product I called in. Um, it's called glove butter. And so if you look at the container right there, mm-hmm. it looks like a tub of margarine your mom's got in the refrigerator or something like that. But it's uh, just called glove butter. A little bit on the fingers, rub it into the leather and rub it into all the laces. And that is going to make that glove look vintage new again it's going to bring out the color it's going to bring out the rich grain of uh that's in the leather and all that stuff and usually it takes two rubs of that so uh usually i do one coat uh and then that uh, dries for anywhere from four to six hours rub that out basically like car wax buff it out let it sit look at it the next day again if it's a really super dry glove or if it absorbs it it's going to get a second coat just to make sure that it's truly sealed so anywhere from uh two days to about a week to do a glove start to finish. Gotcha. And let me ask you, let's say that I'm someone who you got, you, you did my glove, right. And I'm home now. And let's say that I wanted to, um, you know, keep do do some, you know, maintenance to it. Sure. What should someone like myself, uh, with very limited, you know, skill yeah, no, set, yeah, you, do. you want to do, you do not want to get glove butter. It is not an easy process to work with. This is something that I've worked up to. It's a super, I don't want to call it greasy, but it's a very hard product to work with. It's not, it's not as easy as what I made it sound like where you just rub it in. It, it is uh, an art form mm-hmm. uh, to make sure you don't overuse it, underuse it. You don't get any swirls. Uh, you don't uh, let it s- sit too long because it can truly darken the glove or make it feel oily and greasy. So for anybody that wants to just do some home maintenance, Go to any sporting goods store or you can get this on Amazon or any place like that. Uh, there's a product right there. It's called Wilson Glove Conditioner. comes yep. in a little kind of uh, container like the size of, you know, a chewing tobacco kind of container. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That right there, uh, that's about a $10 item right there for most of your retailers. It's very similar to the glove butter, but it's something that just about anybody could use. Uh, before you do that, though... It, just make sure your glove is clean. You know, if you were just out playing in it, it's a little dusty or dirty, just take a slightly damp rag and clean the dust and dirt off your glove because you don't want to rub this on because you're rubbing the dirt into the leather. So just give your glove a mild cleaning, nothing harsh. Just again, slightly, slightly damp cloth uh, rubbed on there, let it dry. And then you can rub that on right there. And again, anybody can do this. The instructions on this are very easy. The product itself is very easy. I use this on some of my gloves myself from time to time. So I don't always use the glove butter, 
this is my second, my uh, favorite type of product to use uh, when when a certain glove calls for that. Yeah, and I'm and I'm looking at it right now. It's, it is like it's literally nine ninety nine here on Amazon. So I'll put the link so that way, if you guys uh, want to do it yourselves, you can uh, there you go. do that. Yep. So another question that I've been thinking about because I have a glove. It's a Nike glove. It's one of the new ones, right? So it's not an older one, yep. but it's like super tough. Right. Obviously, the more you use it, the better it becomes, the looser it becomes. But what if you wanted to accelerate the process just a little bit to help it get a little bit more looser, right? To use what's so what's something that that I should do to it in order for okay. it to make it better? All right. Well, again, the first thing that uh, Wilson glove conditioner should soften and make the the leather very very supple on it right there itself. Uh, and then the next best thing. Just play catch with it. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's the. I got a Nike glove here myself somewhere too. Yeah, but yeah, just um, just play catch with it a after you condition it. Just take it outside and as hard as someone can throw it to you, catch it in the web, catch it in the palm, and just keep doing it over and over again. Uh, and then if you're going to store it for the winter, just like when you were a kid, put a baseball in the palm, put a baseball in the web, uh, get some bungee cords or something like that, and just and that keeps it loose. Uh, you can in the, in the in these newer gloves like you got right there. After you put the conditioner on, you can bend those backwards a little bit. You don't want to rip the leather. You don't want to rip the strings. But those gloves right there, you could bend them backwards again to loosen them up and you know get it to the way you like and everything like that. Uh, but nine out of ten times, the best medicine for newer gloves after you've given them a little conditioning, play catch with them. Just take gotcha. them and. Just beat them the way they were supposed to be beaten with a baseball. That's I, I wanted to make sure that I knew that I gave that information because I think that's important, right? I, uh, a lot of people say, Oh, this thing is too tough and everything. And I can't use it. I don't want to use it. Let me get a different glove or well, how should I get it loosened up in that? You know, you're the expert. Yeah, you that's know right. I mean, there, there are some special tools out there. They do make a, like a mallet that looks like a tiny little baseball bat that some people yep. take they beat at the glove. Yeah, you could certainly do that, but all you're doing with that is you're doing the same thing as playing catch. So I don't think you need to <laughs> True. go out. Yeah, I don't think you need to go out and spend $30, $40 on a little mini wooden bat when you can just uh best and, and it's good exercise. It's good for you to play catch and it's good for your arm and it's great and it's great for your glove. So my hey, uh, I we spoke to Ethan Bryan, right? You know, cat, playing catch is a very important thing as far as for your mental health. So definitely and, play catch out there, guys. Yeah, and again, that goes back to how we started our conversation here: being outside. You know, get outside and play. You know, whether you're an adult, whether you're a kid, get outside and play. It's good for your mentality. Playing a game of catch for 15, 20 minutes, whatever you can do, absolutely. On, on, on a beautiful night, on a crisp fall day, it just changes your world uh so absolutely yeah ethan's uh on to something there and he's got a great movement going spreading the word with that absolutely you're absolutely right so let me ask you something about the research part right because when i got the the box right i i got the box i i did the, an um you know unboxing video and everything but something that you put in there was a letter that you wrote right that you typed and in which you talked about the research that you did about the specific glove, right? Like the model number and everything. You did the research and all that. Yeah. Tell me about that. Like, you know, do you do you just put that on Google and off you go and then down the rabbit hole you go? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you could probably find some of that on Google. But again, uh, in the buying training group that I'm in with these guys, uh, we all share information. And one of the guys in particular, he's got a index uh, of just about every model oh, wow. out there. And on his link, uh, on his personal uh, page and everything like that, 
he will be able to you click on something and he'll be able to tell you everything you wanted to know about that. Uh, so that that's where I get a lot of my good information from. So I've learned a lot from, if you want to call them colleagues uh, of this business. Absolutely, the, yeah. Uh, so I've learned a lot from them. And again, the, the one particular person, uh, his knowledge of that and just what he's put together for us helps me get that information out to you. So a lot of it is not on Google. A, a lot of times people will find a glove and you, you can find an old glove and every now and then on the pinky, it'll have the patent number. If you And you can do a, a patent search right in Google. All it's going to tell you is, yeah, it's a patent number by Rawlings and it was man that patent existed from this to this. It doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the glove. It's really that model number. Uh, this one I've got in front of me is a 24XS glove, um, which by the way, this is that United States Navy glove that I found recently. I don't know if you uh, remember. Yeah, seeing we, it. I saw your, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had to really, uh, you know, get into some good things on that one right there to help me figure out what the, that one was all about. So that's where I get all my information from. And then once I, I, I know, all right, that model was produced these years. I know who the manufacturer is. Now you can look, go and look, okay, let's look up Draper and Maynard. Let's, let's learn more about that company that uh, I, I knew made good leather gloves, but let's look at their Wikipedia page. Let's see if we can find something about their history in the town they were in. Uh, and a really cool thing about that glove, the, the Draper and Maynard one. So uh, that was made in Plymouth, New Hampshire. Uh, and the original manufacturing, the original manufacturing brick building where they tanned the leather, sewed the leather and made the gloves. They also made boxing gloves, punching bags, footballs and, and leather helmets for football years ago. So they were a complete leather uh, sporting goods manufacturer. That building is on the campus of Plymouth. I think it's Plymouth State University. Uh, if you go to school there, forgive me if I don't get it right, but Plymouth College or Plymouth State University, which is in New Hampshire. The original manufacturing plant of Draper and Maynard is located on the campus there with a little museum. Uh, I believe it's still open for uh, tours uh, at certain times of the year and everything like that. So they actually built the college campus around that uh, original manufacturing plant. That's cool. cool so I, I, I kind of found out even more things. Again, rabbit hole. You start reading about one thing about the glove. I said, I, I really just want to know when it was made, who made it. Um, you know, all these good things that <laughs> come across, to, especially from the forties and fifties when baseball cards and television really took off. I, every now and then I, I find it cool to find an advertisement for a product. And it's like, Hey kids, get your official Mickey Mantle glove for only $2 and 98 cents. And it's like, uh -huh. yeah, it sounds like a bargain, but two ninety eight back in, you know, 19, whatever equates to 30, 40, $60 yeah. now or whatever it might be. So it's all relative, but yeah, like I said, you, you start researching things and you start finding out all these other cool little tidbits along the way. But uh, yeah, so most of the information, like I said, I, I want to really thank my my good friend, Steve, uh, in my buying group uh, for trading group to, for providing that for me and the other guys in there. And it's cool though, because I, you know, that's a, that's a little extra piece that I got in, in which I felt uh, a connection to, because come to find out that this one right here, right. Has a little bit of history to our team, you know, that we, that we root for. Absolutely. Right? Yes. So uh, you're talking the Wilson glove now, right yep. there? Yeah, the yep. Wilson glove. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I refresh my memory who the autograph on there one is. It's yeah, Bobby so uh, Barney uh, McCoskey. Barney McCoskey. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. He played. Uh, it was a, a 51 model year. Uh, he started playing for Cleveland and finished his career in Cleveland. So, I mean, yep. come on. <laughs> so that's a nice bonus for, uh, for you as well, uh, getting that one. Yeah. That's right because this is this glove was made from thirty nine to fifty three. 
right? I yes. got the 51 model, 51 year, right? So that, I mean, that's cool though. Like, I mean, that's something that, you know, uh, uh, I, as both of us are, you know, Cleveland fans, that gives a, a connection to it. And then I know that I'll never get rid of these gloves. I'll never get rid of, I'll pass this on. And then there's a little bit of history, you know, to our favorite team there. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's in their golden era too, you know, right after the 48 world series, right. almost 54 world series. Uh, so he played with all the greats that we know. He played with uh, Bob Feller. He played with Bob Lemon. He played with all of those, you know, great, uh, Jim Hegan, the catcher, uh, all those great uh, Indians players uh, that we know, love and respect. Barney yeah. McCoskey was part of those teams uh, in, in the later part of his career there. Yeah. It's it's, and again, it's awesome. You know, that's just, that, like I said, that history that, you know, it's just, it was just, it was there, you know, and you you feel that connection. There's something so, about the smell of a glove too, right? Like, I mean, I don't know what it is. The smell of a glove just yeah, brings absolutely. back childhood memories. It's, it's just, again, it's that nostalgic feeling. Uh, and, uh, and that takes me back again to where we started this conversation when I was a kid. When you walk into a sporting goods section of a store, you can smell that leather. You can, uh, you know, get that uh, sense and feel when you've got a hundred gloves sitting there on a wall on display. I mean, you can still get that now if you walk into a Dick Sporting Goods uh, when you when they they stock all their gloves in the springtime. So uh, when you get these old ones, they still it's like it's like buying a new car. It's that new car smell that just Correct. mesmerizes you and. Uh, there's something beautiful about it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely and, and right. Where did, and where did you find your two gloves from? So like I said, I told you my so, source. Where, where did you find yours? So funny enough, uh, my father-in-law, he actually gave me one of the gloves. He found it. He had it and he gave it to me. And then the Cleveland one, I actually got this one at a thrift store okay. uh, doing my shopping. Right. I was like, oh, my God, I've always wanted to get one, you know, and then and I, my wife saw it. So I'm like, yeah, absolutely get it. It was like. I wanted to say that it was like less than 10 bucks for it Yeah, at that point. Yeah, right. So I'm like, you can't, it's a no brainer right there. Exactly. When I, when, when you find treasures like that at the thrift stores, right. uh, you, you can't pass that up. You couldn't, you really couldn't. So I, I just, I mean, I knew that I had to get it. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I, you know, come to find out, you know, now that I'm now down in here in North Carolina, right? Like, you know, all these years that I've had it in my, in my possession, in my basement. And then now here in my office and you're like, I finally get to have it restored. And I'm like, this is the perfect time for it. And then I'm glad I'm glad. Cause now we get to talk about gloves. Well, not only that being in North Carolina, your season's a little more extended. You can play outside a little bit longer. Who knows? Maybe even in the, in the middle of winter right there, when I've got snow up to here. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it might be 42 degrees where you are, but you might uh, be able to get outside and still grab a game of catch there, you know? Right. Cause it gets cold in the morning, but in the afternoon that sun hits you and it's beautiful. Let me yeah, tell you. So, uh, <laughs> maybe someday I'll join. Uh, maybe I'll be smart enough and join everybody down there, but then I'd be too far away from Cleveland. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and that's what I do. Like, you know, I, 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 I was forced to, I forced myself, right? Let's be honest, to get the MLB, you know, package so I can watch all of the uh, all of the Guardians games. That's to watch them. You know, yep. I'm down here. You know, I, I before we got done, we started talking. I was watching the game upstairs, right? So I mean, it's just it one of those high. things. Absolutely. You gotta, you you have to, just do. All right, uh, my friend, are you ready? Absolutely, go for it. Here we go. Uh, my famous, not so famous questions. You know how this goes. I'm gonna give you the easy one. Uh, when you go to progressive field, right, you go to and enjoy, you go sit there. What is your food and drink of choice, my friend? 
I am not. Here's what's weird about me. I am not one that uh, eats crazy food or anything of that nature. And mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't care for hot dogs too much. So when I go Ooh. to the baseball games, I usually eat in one of the restaurants before the game. Okay. Game, I'm a traditionalist. I just love an ice cold beer and I love peanuts. Um, so if I'm really, really hungry, maybe I'll grab a hamburger or something like that. But I'm truly just a snacker throughout the game. I like uh, it. Give me a cold beer, give me a big bag of peanuts, and uh, I'm usually happy. And then I'll, uh, like I said, I'll find something to eat before or after the game. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a peanuts guy, and then I'm also a sunflower seeds guy. All right, yeah. <laughs> sunflower seeds is my thing. That's what I love. So, all right, here we go. What animal do you think is the biggest party animal? A bear. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, one of my other passions, uh, besides doing baseball gloves and traveling to Cleveland, is uh, I love to go to the Adirondack Mountains in uh, in Upper New York, mm-hmm. and had a couple of uh, bear encounters. And let me tell you something: they love their snacks, they love their food, they <laughs> love their campers, and they're not shy to say, "That's my cooler, and I'm going to have whatever's in there." So I'll go with you the, can have uh, the cooler. <laughs> I'll go with a black bear. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, what do you think is the worst song ever? There is a song. I don't know who sings it, but it's, I think it's called MacArthur Park. And it's something about I, bake the cake out in the rain or something like that. It, uh, <laughs> it, it's a, it like it's like an eight-minute long song. I think Diana Ross might have done it at one time. And I can't remember who did it at the end. But every now and then, it still pops up on a radio station. I'm like, oh, my God, no. Uh, so, <laughs> I think that's probably the the worst song ever, but uh, I, I don't know the name. But I, th- I believe it's called MacArthur Park. Look it up and, and listen to it because it's terrible. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, okay, so this one, th- this uh, this sprung up on me is: Would you rather listen to the ball game on the radio or the guys on TV? If it's uh, a Cleveland game, you cannot. Tom Hamilton and uh, Jim Rosenhouse for Cleveland is the ultimate choice. Uh, yeah. Not disrespect uh, uh, Rick Manning and uh, Matt Underwood. They do a great job calling the game, but there's something poetic about listening to baseball on the radio and the excitement and the stories that radio guys weave as they're talking is, uh, is a lost art form and they can make it exciting. Or if it's a stinker of a game, they keep you entertained at least with something that they're seeing going on in the stadium yeah. that, you don't see on the camera. So I, I love watching, but listening to a game on the radio is magic. Uh, oh, listen, I'm, I'm a huge, you know, Tom Hamilton, you know, I, I, when I'm driving, I love putting the game on, love putting the game on. I am a, I'm also, but I'm also a fan of Matt Underwood and Rick Manning, right. And Andre not, you know, because they, they banter with each other, right. You mm-hmm. know, and they make it fun. They make it entertaining. And Matt Underwood gives you, they, he brings out some history that, you know, like out of left field, I'm like, okay, all right. I'm learning some stuff here today. Just like, you know, Tom Hamilton, you're right. So, okay. If you could be in a movie, what movie would it be? Bull Durham. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I just say the uh, just the funness uh, and the realist uh, of what minor league baseball is like and everything. Uh, that would be a fun movie to be a player in. So I, I'd love to be in Bull Durham. Yeah, Bull Durham is a good movie. I love that movie. Still one of my favorites of all time. Um, okay, let's take a look here. Uh, what was your favorite TV show growing up? Happy Days. Oh, okay. 
No, no doubt about that one. Uh, I believe that was on on Wednesday nights, eight o'clock. Uh, and you, you had to tune in to, to see what the Fonz was up to because everybody was talking about it in school the next day. So if you missed it, oh, there were too many spoilers in school that, that you missed about. So, so let me ask you, does it still hold the same, you know, uh, same level of nostalgia now as an adult than you did when you were, you know, younger when you were watching that show? Yeah, and and then uh, you know you can get just about any TV show you want now, and then just about the million streaming services. That is out. true. Uh, and on uh, one channel called Pluto, one of the streaming services called Pluto. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They have classic TV running all the time, and there's Happy Days, there's Laverne and Shirley, there's uh, All in the Family, and Andy Griffith, and uh, you know uh, all of that. All those shows are on. So every once in a while, I'll pop that on when uh, there's not a game on, and there's a good episode of Happy Days waiting for me, and it just brings back again memories of. Oh, I remember the show. You know, I, I haven't seen them, you know, since they stopped the reruns back in the late 80s. And that so that was my favorite one as a kid. I love that. Love that. Uh, it, what, what is your spirit animal? My spirit animal. I'm going to I connect with uh, loons. So if, uh, if you really know, uh, it's a, you know, a, a very unique duck that you're going to find in the Great Lakes areas and especially up going, going back to the Adirondack. Well, I mean, you got the, the, the loons, right? The baseball team. The Great Lakes loons up there in uh, Michigan, absolutely. Yes, right. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that would be uh, my spirit animal as a loon. I like it. I like it. Okay, uh, if you could be any fictional character, who would it be? Ferris Bueller. <laughs> That's good. I like it. I mean, that, good that movie be, too. It could have been a movie that I could have been. Uh, you know, they said if if I could be in any movie, that would probably be a second choice right there, but. Uh, yeah, no, Ferris Bueller would be a, a character. Uh, okay. Two more questions here. Okay. Uh, what is the most boring sport? Golf. Watching it is super boring. If you want to take that's my nap, that's my nap, nap one. Sunday afternoon. I mean, the, the masters and the open, yeah, there's some excitement that draws there and everything like that. But, uh, the announcers talk very softly, very slow. Yeah. Yeah. Very as we get to the 17th green here uh so if you want to take a nap it's great for that because then you wake up and hey look at that it's uh the 18th hole by now you know so, so. i'm with you i'm with you <laughs> i'm with you there <laughs> all right have you ever regifted a gift yes me too no shame uh, there's I, no I, shame I think, I think we're all guilty in that and uh yeah i hope, I hope the person I, I, I let's put it this way. I think they were going to appreciate it more than my basement shelf was going to appreciate it. So it was brand new, still in the package and uh, got wrapped up nicely with a nice card and a gift card to go with it. So, yeah. So just it, dusted it, it off and then make sure that it was look nice and pretty. And then off it went. <laughs> yeah. I've been told that the best re-gift is uh, alcohol. So there you go. See, now I've never done that. I mean, I, 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 I can't see anybody giving that away, but uh, you know, I know I can't, that's for sure. So. <laughs> if beer makes it into this house it's leaving in an empty can so <laughs> there you go um mark thank you so much for doing this uh i've had a lot of fun i learned a lot now this was a lot of fun i mean you know I, like i said i learned a lot i'm gonna put i you know I, i'm literally right now on amazon looking at the wilson pro stock glove conditioner right now uh because of you because uh, you taught me something today about conditioning a glove so thank you for that oh you're uh, welcome just one little last tidbit on that yeah. now your glove it, that does probably not need any conditioner for at least a year or two the stuff i put on there is going to be long lasting so that is something that uh, is a 
every sporadically used thing. So if you've got an old glove that you need to revive a little bit, yeah, that's what it's for. But in your case there, uh, if you conditioned your glove this year, probably doesn't need it. Maybe it needs it next year, but probably two years down the line. You want to go light with it, and you never want to overdo it. There you go. You're the pro, my friend. You're the pro. Thank uh, you very much. Where can people find you on the socials, my friend? All right. So I came prepared for that one. I mean, instead of just saying it, I've got, I've got it all printed there up. There it is. So, so there, there's the website right there, etsy.com backslash shop backslash this old glove. You can reach out to me at the Ferkster on Twitter, or you can use the company email, thisoldglove19 at gmail.com. If you're and if you're listening to the audio version, I will put all the links on the show notes so that way you follow him because you definitely should and you definitely should take a look at his Etsy uh website. They are a lot of cool gloves there, my friend. A lot yeah. of cool gloves and they're a good price cool, too. A lot of cool ones coming just as well. I've got about uh, a dozen or so gloves all sitting around by me here. Look at that. Is that a catcher's mitt right there? That's, yeah, that's a that's an old nineteen forty. 1948 Spalding catcher's glove right there. That's in good shape, but it's going to look even beautiful. It's a little gray right now. So that's going to get all my special wow. treatment. So I've got all these projects lined up, but uh, can always help out anybody that's watching and listening. Get in touch with me uh, first. We'll, we'll talk. We'll get some pictures. Uh, yeah. And it, it, it doesn't cost as, as much as I, you know, I don't get prices, you know, without seeing things first or everything like that. But I will just say this. For what you're going to get out of it, it's a very reasonable cost to have your glove restored and refinished. Uh, and the gloves I keep on my uh, website and everything like that, again, they for what the amount of work that I put into them, I keep them moderately priced because I want these back in people's hands. I want people to use them again. You know, I'm not looking to retire off this. It's a labor of love uh, that most of the money I make on this. Friend. Most of the money I make on this sends me to Cleveland. All right. So how about that? So that's <laughs> there you that go. Support his, uh, his love for the game. There you One go. One hobby supports another hobby. <laughs> True story. True story. Mark, thanks so much. And then uh, again, guys, make sure you guys are following him on all, all the socials. So that way you guys can see all the cool pictures because he does put, he does put a lot of pictures on the gloves that you restore. The before and after are amazing. And then my yeah. gloves are in there as well. Yeah, you could do, you could search the hashtag hashtag this old glove and that will link you to just about every one of my pro uh, uh projects so you can go on the website or you can go on twitter but hashtag this old glove will take you right to all of my projects love it love it my friend all right my friend you take care thank you very much ed an absolute pleasure to speaking with you and go guards that's right go guardians Hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Mark. Now, make sure you guys are following him on Twitter as well as visiting his Etsy store. He has a lot of cool gloves out there, guys. I'm sure you guys are going to want to get one so that way you can add it to your collection just like I did. Now, uh, before I go, a couple of things before the dad had... Uh, Chronicles joke of the episode. I want to make sure that you guys are doing a couple things for me, okay? Make sure you guys are telling one more person about this episode and the podcast so that way they get to enjoy it. Also, give it five stars. Five stars means I go up on the rankings and then more people get to discover it, all right? Now, here's the joke. What did the baseball glove say to the ball? Catch you later. All right, all right. I'll see myself out, guys. Until then, keep on grinding and always Support the minor leagues. See ya.
This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tomaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series, and in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick. And Corey. Of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrimmedia.com.